Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and welcome back and welcome to you if it's your first time. We focus on some of the cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history and today we're going to delve a little bit more deeply into the blues and uh, the recordings we're going to hear today were all made in the 1920s and they feature members of the Thomas family and uh, this is a particularly interesting group of people. Uh, they were originally from Arkansas, although the ones we're going to be hearing today were actually raised in Houston. They moved there when the kids were fairly young. It was a large family, 13 children, we're told. Uh, and we're going to be hearing from three of them, and as well a uh, the daughter of one of them. So the first uh, Thomas we're going to deal with is the one who arguably had the most influence, and not because he was well-known as a performer. His name was George Washington Thomas Jr., and he was one of the oldest of the children. He had uh, some musical ability early on. He started playing piano. He also apparently played guitar, saxophone, trumpet, all kinds of things. He was a theater musician in Houston, for a while anyway. He married in the very early 1900s and was widowed shortly thereafter, but not uh, before producing a daughter whose name was... Uh, Hosiel Thomas, and she became a blues singer. We're going to be hearing from her a little bit later. So George Thomas, uh, in the early 1910s, 1914, 15 or so, moved to New Orleans, which was where it was happening even then, and he became a Storyville piano professor, playing at some of the bordellos and brothels and so forth. He made the acquaintance of Clarence Williams. They actually went into business together, uh, publishing music, including some of George's compositions at the time. He was known uh, to be a pretty prolific uh, composer, and that's how he uh, extended his influence through the 1920s and 30s. Some of the compositions that he wrote that were recorded many times after were the Muscle Shoals Blues, the New Orleans Hopscop Blues, and many, many others besides. So he stayed around in New Orleans until Storyville closed, and uh, he left there to go to Chicago. There was a kind of a stereotype of when Storyville closed, all the musicians left New Orleans, and that really wasn't true because not many musicians were employed in Storyville other than piano players. Uh, but he's one where the stereotype does fit. Uh, he also was a friend of Tony Jackson and Jelly Roll Morton, and he learned from all of those players uh, how to perform, how to compose, and how to hold a crowd, I guess. Having said all that, he is not a widely recorded musician. In fact, uh, some of the recordings that we have of his are... are kind of disputed as to whether they were, in fact, George Thomas or not. And so is the case with the first one, which is called The Rocks. And this was attributed to a fellow named Clay Custer, and it's been surmised that that was a pseudonym for George Thomas. This was recorded in 1923 for OK Records in New York. Uh, Thomas and his family had moved from uh, Chicago uh, to New York for a while, although they ended up back in Chicago, and some of them ended up in Detroit. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So we're going to start out with that tune I just mentioned, The Rocks. And this is usually considered to be one of the early uh, versions of Boogie Woogie Bass. And that is something that um, uh, George and his very younger brother, Herschel, are credited with, is introducing the idea of Boogie Woogie Bass into performance, but also into compositions. So we're going to go from The Rocks uh, to uh, a couple of George Thomas's proven recordings, and these were much later. These were from 1929 for the Paramount label, recorded in Grafton, Wisconsin, and they are Fast Stuff Blues and Don't Kill Him In Here, both uh, George Thomas compositions, and they feature him on piano uh, and on guitar, a fellow named Papa Charlie Hill, and we believe the vocals are by George Thomas as well. So those are our first three tunes, The Rocks, 
Fast Stuff Blues and Don't Kill Him in Here, all featuring George Thomas. We're going to jump over to uh, George's sister, Beulah Thomas, who was better known by her professional name, Sippy Wallace, and she recorded quite a bit in the 1920s, uh, and uh, after going into kind of a, a non-voluntary retirement from performing, uh, she came out of retirement, was brought out of retirement by Victoria Spivey in the 1960s, and toured for 15 or 20 years doing jazz festivals and blues festivals, and became very, very well known uh, at that time. But we're going to be listening to some of her early recordings. And the three we're going to fill out this set with are Morning Dove Blues, Devil Dance, and Every Dog Has His Day. And these were recorded with her brother, Hersel Thomas, the piano player. We're going to talk more about him later. And the great King Joe Oliver on cornet. And these were done uh, in New York. We'll uh, give you more details about that. But um, they show, obviously, the New Orleans influence. And both Sippy and Hersel uh, lived in New Orleans for a while, along with George, and they came to know King Oliver at that time. So these are kind of reunion takes. So those are our tunes for the first set of the Thomas family. The Rocks, Fast Stuff Blues, Don't Kill Him In Here, Morning uh, Dove, Devil Dance, and Every Dog Has His Day. Thank you. 
keeps up and clean all the time. I can make any woman make her change her mind.
It's been 
dance at night I saw the sweet Mrs. Devil Standing in a home I saw the sweet Mrs. Devil Standing in Oh, 
So there we have a little introduction to the Thomas family. We started out with George Thomas, Jr., and uh, three compositions of his. We began with The Rocks. We think it was his at any rate, credited to Clay Custer, but uh, quite possibly George Thomas doing one of the first boogie-woogie uh, piano solos on record from 1923, OK Records. Then we went to two uh, country blues uh, tunes, Fast Stuff Blues and Don't Kill Him In Here, featuring George Thomas on piano and vocals, uh, and also Papa Charlie Hill on guitar. Those were done for Paramount in 1929. Then we uh, continued on to George's sister. Uh, George was born in 1883. As I said, he was one of the oldest of the 13 children. Sippy was right in the middle. She was born in 1898. She was uh, born Beulah Thomas, and uh, she uh, allied her career with her family, her, her two brothers, George and uh, Herschel, we'll talk about in a bit, and uh, moved to New Orleans shortly after George and basically kept house for him and and raised his daughter, Hosiel, who is a singer we'll hear from in a while, uh, George's wife having died fairly early, I guess, in their marriage. They um, all stayed together in New Orleans, then Chicago, and then even New York a little bit later. They were a very tightly knit family unit, I guess we'd have to say. So Sippy Wallace's recordings came next, and there were three of those. We heard uh, Morning Dove Blues, Devil Dance Blues, and Every Dog Has His Day. And all of these tunes were composed probably uh, by George Thomas, or at least edited by him, but Sippy Wallace and Herschel uh, Thomas contributed to quite a few others, and uh, often the record label just said Thomas, so we're not entirely sure who the Thomas was in question. It could have been all of them. As I said, they pretty much lived together, and I guess they uh, composed together as well. Sippy got her first recording session in 1923, uh, recording a couple of George's tunes uh, at the behest of, um, I believe it was Ralph Peer, or, or one of the recording executives at any rate, for OK Records, and um, it was in Chicago, so it wasn't Ralph Peer, but they um, uh, liked the tunes and they wanted Sippy to sing it. Uh, she had demonstrated the tunes for the producer, and uh, he was taken with her voice, in fact, more so than George's piano playing, because he hired Eddie Haywood Sr. to play piano on that first session. So those three Sippy Wallace tunes, Morning Dove Devil Dance and Every Dog Has His Day, came from uh, February 24th of 1925. I had said they were in New York. They were, in fact, in Chicago. And Herschel Thomas is on piano, King Oliver on cornet, and Sippy Wallace on vocals. And this was a little bit different than the standard classic or stage blues of the 1920s. Most of the singers up to that point had had extensive stage experience. Even people like Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith, who were often considered kind of... Uh, backwater blues singers, you know, down in the South, tent shows and so forth. They had significant professional experience and they had a polish to their performance that Sippy Wallace, for example, did not. She was just a very kind of in-your-face, out-there blues singer uh, who had been raised in Texas and uh, she didn't uh, appear on stage all that much during her early career. Uh, she did quite a bit later on, as I said, when she was rediscovered in the 60s or brought out of retirement by Victoria Spivey. She did quite a lot of shows and, and concerts, festivals, and so forth, and she continued recording through the 70s into the mid-80s when she passed away. She was in her uh, late 80s at the time. 
So Herschel Thomas, uh, as I said, was the piano accompanist on that. He was born in 1906, and uh, so he was only 19 at the time of these recordings. And we're going to hear some solos that he did later on. He was considered the best of the family in terms of musicianship. He uh, recorded with Louis Armstrong and backing a number of singers, including his niece Hosiel, who was actually, uh, I think, uh, older than he was. Uh, so they were raised as brother and sister for the most part. So speaking of Hosiel, we're going to go on to hear some of her recordings coming up. Uh, as I said, she was the daughter of George Thomas, but she was largely raised by um, uh, Sippy Wallace, Beulah Thomas, and uh, she became uh, a pretty effective blues singer in her own right. By the way, I should mention that Sippy and Hosiel were both very effective piano players. The piano playing strain ran deep through their family, uh, and both of them accompanied uh, themselves on various recordings, not in the ones we're going to hear today, though. Both Hosiel and Sippy uh, recorded quite a few tunes accompanied by Herschel and Louis Armstrong on cornet. We're going to save those for another show. In fact, I'm going to be doing a probably a, a radio show on WETF of Louis Armstrong and the Blues Singers in Chicago. A lot of times we focus on his recordings from New York, where he recorded with Bessie Smith and Clara Smith, Ma Rainey, and so forth. But he did quite a series of, of, of impressive recordings in New York, or rather in Chicago, when he returned there after he left the Fletcher Henderson Band. So we'll save that for those. However, we have some other ones to play today. We're going to hear Sippy Wallace uh, doing two tunes that she did for OK in August of 1925, accompanied by her brother Herschel and Rudy Jackson, uh, who was probably better known uh, for playing with uh, Duke Ellington's very early band on clarinet and saxophone. He had gone to the Ellington band from the King Oliver Band in Chicago, uh, where he had replaced uh, Johnny Dodds. He and Buster Bailey were the two clarinet players in the last version of the Creole Jazz Band before it became a big band a little bit later. And so here he is going to play uh, both uh, soprano saxophone and uh, clarinet. And these two tunes, as I said, were done in August of 1925 with Wallace. We're going to hear Being Down, Don't Worry Me and the Advice Blues, both also featuring Herschel Thomas on piano. Then we're going to jump over uh, two whole days, August 22nd of 1925, still in OK. Uh, they lost Rudy Jackson along the way, but we're going to hear a duo between Sippy and Herschel uh, on two tunes, Murder's Gonna Be My Crime and The Man I Love, not the standard tune, but the, uh, a blues tune by the same title. So those are our four tunes for this set, all featuring Sippy Wallace. Uh, uh, Being Down, Don't Worry Me and Advice Blues, and then Murder's Gonna Be My Crime and The Man I Love, the product of two days in August in New York City. Oh, 
so long till time Don't worry me I've been down so long till time Don't worry me If you ever been down You know just how I
So that's some pretty direct blues singing there. Both Hosiel and Sippy Wallace in their singing styles really kind of went beyond the classic blues style we think of, the vaudeville blues of Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey and especially other singers from the earlier period, Ethel Waters, Alberta Hunter, Lucille Hegeman, people like that, who had great stage experience and sang a range of material. Uh, both Sippy and, and Hosiel really specialized in the down-home blues that they grew up on in the Houston area and then moved uh, to listen to in New Orleans and Chicago as well. So we have a kind of a, uh, a bridge between uh, the classic blues and the country blues, as it were. We just heard The Man I Love, My Head is Aching and Something is Dripping Blood. Kind of a grim uh, imagery there, but uh, a very effective one. And that was Sippy Wallace singing with her brother, Hersel Thomas, on piano from August 22nd of 1925. And that uh, was done in New York. It was a busy month for, for, for Sippy. She recorded a couple of days later with Clarence Williams and, and Buddy Christian uh, on banjo. But these uh, are, are, are very down-home performances that we heard. Before that, we heard Murder's Gonna Be My Crime, which featured an excellent intro and solo by Herschel, who, as I said, was probably the best uh, piano player musician in the family. He died quite young of tomaine poisoning, not long after the session, uh, or these sessions, I should say. In 1926, he, I think it was in the summer, he was playing an engagement in Detroit where Sippy lived. He had moved there to be with Sippy, the family stuck together, and uh, he ate something, I guess, that didn't agree with him and uh, uh, carried him off at the age of 20, uh, but fortunately he did make quite a few recordings before then to give us an idea of why people held him in such high esteem. We started out with two tunes uh, that were done two days earlier, August of 1925, with Hersel Thomas and Rudy Jackson uh, on soprano sax. There was no clarinet there. It was all soprano sax, despite what I said. We started out with uh, Being Down, Don't Worry Me, and this is an interesting little tidbit. Uh, Rudy Jackson was uh, responsible for Duke Ellington getting sued by King Oliver. Uh, Ellington recorded uh, the Creole Love Call, one of his uh, popular early tunes. Rudy Jackson was in the band at the time. This was before the Cotton Club. Uh, and it was based on a strain from uh, the Camp Meeting Blues that King Oliver had recorded and that Rudy Jackson had played with him. So Rudy took that and gave it to Ellington. Ellington published it under his own name and he got sued. Uh, we hear that same strain uh, being played by Rudy Jackson, the uh, compiler, uh, composer, stealer, whatever, uh, behind, uh, I think it was the first chorus that Sippy Wallace sang on Being Down, Don't Worry Me. So an interesting little correlation there. And then we heard the Advice Blues, which featured some very good playing by Herschel and uh, Rudy Jackson as well. So that was Sippy Wallace, a.k.a. Beulah Thomas. So we're going to go on and uh, finish up this show with uh, some tunes that were recorded by Hosiel Thomas, who was George's daughter and Sippy and Herschel's niece. Uh, she was born in 1904, and as I said, was largely raised by Sippy. She was, in fact, older than her uncle Herschel, which has caused some confusion over the years. She lived uh, into about 1952. She... Um, like Sippy, left uh, the business or the business of recording and blues singing primarily in the 1930s. It was said that they were both so uh, heartbroken over Herschel's death that they kind of got away from the blues industry, but probably it, uh, the blues industry had just about crashed at that time anyway. Uh, George lived until 1937. He was still publishing tunes in Chicago, and Sippy recorded up until about 1930 or 31. Then she and uh, Hosiel, independent of each other, uh, ended up going to work for churches and doing church music. Sippy was in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Hosiel ended up out in Oakland, California with her husband. 
And Hosiel in the mid-40s uh, was brought out of retirement by Rudy Blesch, who had her uh, record a very interesting session for Circle Records that featured herself playing piano and singing and Mutt Carey on cornet, or trumpet rather, at that point. And we heard a couple of those sides on a Mutt Carey um uh, uh, radio or uh, show that I did for WETF that's on this podcast station, and uh, you can take a listen to those then. Uh, Hosiel had an unusual ending. She uh, apparently got into a knockdown, dragout fight with, uh, it's been said, her sister, but I believe she was an only child, so I have to wonder if it was her aunt or sister in law or something. And uh, the sister in law or whoever it was uh, ended up dead, as they said, and uh, uh, Hosiel ended up blind. Uh, she was acquitted of murder or manslaughter charges, but uh, her health went downhill after that, and she died a couple of years later in 1952. Anyway, that's a long story, and we're going to get back to the 1920s and Hosiel and some excellent recordings she did with Herschel. Um, in 1925. From April of 1925 comes uh, Worried Down, or actually it comes, I Must Have It. That was done for Janet in April of 1925, and it is Herschel on piano, an unknown clarinet player who's a very effective player, and an unknown violin player as well, backing Hosiel Thomas. And this is, a, I think, a great performance, featuring a sort of a proto-boogie-woogie feel from Herschel and some really outstanding singing from Hosiel, who was not at her best on some of her later sessions with Louis Armstrong, although we're going to hear those on another show. Um, they also recorded a tune called Worried Down with the Blues at the same uh, session that came out, but they re-recorded it a couple of months later in June of 1925 for OK. And this is just Herschel and Hosiel, and it's a kind of a, a stagey performance, but some very good playing and singing on here as well. And from that same session, we're going to hear uh, Fishtail Dance, which uh, makes reference to George Thomas's Muscle Shoals Blues in the lyrics. You can hear that. And that will be our Hosiel Thomas. Now we're going to end up with the two, the two, piano solos by Herschel. Uh, one is called Herschel Blues, and the other, more famous, is called Suitcase Blues. And you can hear kind of echoes of later tunes like Honky Tonk Train Blues in, in that performance. Herschel and or George recorded around the same time with a band called called Thomas uh, Muscle Shoals Devils, and they recorded a couple of uh, instrumentals that I don't know if they were ever released or not. I haven't heard them or seen them, and I don't see them anyplace, so they may have been unreleased, but if we ever find them, we'll probably play them on this program. So that's going to round out our show, uh, the musical portion of our show. We're going to hear uh, Hosiel Thomas with Herschel doing Worried Down Blues, followed by I Must Have It. I inverted those two selections, by the way. Fishtail Blues. And then the two piano solos, Herschel Blues and Suitcase Blues. Oh, I'm what you call worried down with the blues. Listen to my story while I tell it. Thank you. 
There we have the Thomas family on display there. We started out with Hosiel Thomas and uh, some very convincing blues singing. It's probably the best singing of her career. Her 1947 session for Circle was quite good, but to be honest, uh, her recordings with Louis Armstrong were lacking a little bit. Uh, she was kind of overpowered, perhaps, by the accompaniment. But these recordings that we just heard are really quite excellent. Worried Down with the Blues from June of 1920. Uh, five, done with Hersel Thomas, uh, a little bit of dialogue at the beginning there. Then we went uh, back a couple of months to I Must Have It, which featured that unknown clarinet and violin player, some really good singing there. Um, growls and shouts and some very impassioned singing, especially towards the end of that recording. Then we finished up with Fishtail Dance, which, as I said, lyrically referenced her brother George's tune, the Muscle Shoals Blues, which was one of his most famous tunes. Then we ended up with the two piano solos by Hersel Thomas. We started with uh, Hersel Blues, which uh, actually had some melodic and, and chordal uh, affinity with the Tishomingo blues, at least the beginning of it. And then we finished up with Suitcase Blues, which seemed to look ahead to Honky Tonk Train Blues and uh, a couple of those others that we think of as, as boogie-woogie style performances of the 1930s. And those were done also in June of 1925 for OK Records. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. This has been The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you're interested in uh, sponsoring us. Take a look at that sponsorship button wherever you are, wherever you might be listening. We'd love to have some more members of the family. And that was our show on the Thomas family. Where else are you going to find a jazz podcast on the Thomases? George Thomas, Hosiel Thomas, Hersel Thomas, and Beulah, a.k.a. Sippy Wallace. So some excellent uh, blues and... Ed fringe jazz playing, I guess I'd have to say, from the 1920s. So thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you on the other side.